Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, sit down and have some drinks with people. Uh, we get a little silly. This is a podcast where basically I try to recreate the bar conversation that we all know and love, talk about all sorts of random stuff. I want to thank people for checking out the podcast. You can follow it on Twitter, at Kilgallen's Pub. Give myself a follow. That's at Joe Kilgallen. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, all of that shit under my name, Joe Kilgallen. I'm very proud of that, though, because some people have to do... You know, their name plus comedy or their name plus a stupid-ass number. You know, my AOL name was jk 692 Sweet, which is pretty good. I have a great guest in store for you today. But before I get to that, uh, a lot of thanks. I want to thank all the listeners, of course. Last week, I did a solo podcast, and uh, people said they seemed to dig it, even though I felt like a crazy person ranting on by myself there like a moron but it was fun and i've been thanking people who've been writing reviews on itunes these five-star reviews because again they do go a long way to getting new listeners and i I love podcasting and um i've been really enjoying this one in particular so the more people find out about it the more people listen the better it is for everyone involved i want to thank my man uh farad uh mohammed for writing a killer review uh the dude wrote like an essay i appreciate that he quoted uh me from the last podcast in which i told people they need to soak in life because, yes, that's Chelsea's voice. I'm going to give Chelsea a proper introduction <laughs> in a second. Because, uh, you know, some, some shit went down. And you, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. I'll lead, I'll lead into it, though. Because the podcast last week, I joked about how it just wasn't meant to happen with a guest last week. Because I had, there's stuff went on. So anyway, though. But uh, we're filming again. I filmed last week. Filming this podcast. We're here at the Laugh Factory studio. So I got to thank the people at the Laugh Factory as well. Curtis Shaw, Brian Morton, uh, Ken Lawson, who I've not thanked yet, which I feel like a dick about because he's been my main man helping me here. Anyhow, though, uh, so again, you know, thanks for checking it out. You guys go back and listen to previous episodes. Each episode stands alone. It's not like current events and stuff like that, even though we will touch on some things here or there. Uh, I got a fun one here because my guest today is a hilarious Chicago comedian who's lived in several cities, so he's got some killer life experience, uh, produces a show here at the Laugh Factory on Monday nights, which just finished up. And you also saw me in my greatest moment, other than my son being born, and that was the Cubs winning the World Series, which I got to watch in Brooklyn, and you were five feet, you were probably one of the first people, I, you might have been the first person I said, I, I like gave a high five or a well, hug you to. Well, first, you first got... Um, Chelsea Hood is her name, by That's the way. That's me. That's me. Uh, I'm opening my pub beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got this is Joe special, too. is such a gentleman. He got me a King Cobra in a paper bag, and I've never felt more like a lady. I'm taking it out just so people can um, see it on the camera. Look at that. King Cobra 40 ounce. That's a beast. I'm going to do it out of the bag. We want white trash like with a, it, and like I'm proud of that. trash hoe. Um, <laughs> like a whatever hoe. Like, you know. Have you ever had one of these before? No, but I feel great. I'm going to ride my bike home after this. It's going to be pretty good. Well, please be careful. Mm. Ooh, that is so, yeah, very. I, um, ooh, that is mm-hmm, temperate at best. <laughs> well, it had been in my backpack for a little while there for a good hour. I thought the brown paper bag would keep it cold enough. Yeah, it did not. Yeah, you and every homeless person. <laughs> so this is what these poor homeless people are drinking. Yeah, poor. on the street. Oh my god, I feel bad. I'm gonna buy the mice next time I see them. You should. Just That'd be a, a nice small, thing. Like a little. You should get them all Yetis. Buy every homeless person a Yeti. Get them a, a Kilgallen's Pub beer koozie. Give those out to homeless people because I was talking about how anyone who writes a review, I want to give like a shirt or a koozie to once I get the funds and the people who already yeah, wrote reviews, get... I'll go back and hook them up. And then when you really make it, the we'll get Yetis. Okay, keep, Yetis I... keep stuff cold for twelve can hours. Can I be honest with you? I don't know what the hell a Yeti is. Yo, Other than Yeti, like a, so, like an abominable like a, so snowman like a, type thing. No, wow. Okay, so the Yeti cooler situation. I lived in Texas, which I'm sure we'll go back to at some point. But yeah, it's like a cold hot cup. It keeps cold stuff cold for like at least 12 hours and hot stuff hot for at least 12 hours 
So when you're in Texas, it's 112 degrees. You're like, damn, this beer is still ice cold because it's a Yeti. Okay, a Yeti. I mean, I mean, I've heard the term. I just didn't know what it was. All right, yeah, now I like, know. I feel they're like too big to know. fit in your little hands. Like I have pretty small hands, and they don't really. I mean, I say that with a 40, which is why I got to grip it by the neck like a champ. But like the the Yeti is, it's a it's a beautiful invention. I'm I'm sold. I'm gonna have to get. You're gonna love maybe it. Maybe I'll get uh, Kilgallen's Pub Yeti. This, it's like a yeah, shamrock this, on it or something. Also, this podcast is about to be sponsored by Yeti, so that's huge. It's a big one. <laughs> I think we both took big gulps as we're uh, like the, for the perfect dead air. That's what I was joking about last week when I was doing the podcast by myself. Every time I took a swig, I remember thinking, normally someone else is talking, so I take a sip and it's fine. And you just this had this time, dead silence showing Yeah, as I'm taking a sip, and then I was burping in the middle of words, too. Real classy. Uh, all right, so Chelsea, you mentioned living in Dallas. You've lived all over the place. I have. Well, I grew up in Chicago. It was very good to me. And then uh, I met a rich boy. And my parents were like, marry him, trap him. <laughs> so I moved to Texas. Did you get, have you been married before? No. Oh, I was going to say, I did not know this I about you. I was going to be essentially a trophy wife that lived on a golf course. That sounds like my dream, as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, you think that. And then I, I, when I grew up performing and I was like running a kids theater company and this little girl was like, I'm so nervous. And I was like, damn, I miss being nervous. I don't want to be a trophy wife. <laughs> So then that's what pursued you getting comedy. Yeah, so when it blew up in my face, I'd only been gone from Chicago for like eight months, at which point I was... How old were you at this time? Like 25. Oh, okay. And so I couldn't come back to Chicago and have everybody be like, told ya. (laughs) Like, I just didn't... I was too proud to come back and like have So you stayed in Dallas. So it was like, screw you. I'm starting a new life. And I'd always wanted to do stand-up. I was taking classes at Second City here before I left. But stand-up in Chicago really intimidated me. I mean, that was the time of, like, Hannibal and, like, all these people that were... Joe Kilgallen. Joe, I mean, and also Joe Kilgallen. Oh, of Joe Kilgallen. I don't even pub. know I was doing it. What time? What year was this? 2008. Yeah, I was in. I was doing it. I was, yeah. I was a newbie. Yeah, but so that's the year it. I started. But it was... I mean, I was too. I first heard to your name two here. years after that. I was emceeing at the Improv in Schaumburg, Illinois, for Steve Byrne Steve and Byrne. Bill Crawford was the oh. feature, and I was the MC. And Steve Byrne later would bring me around the uh, to feature for him, and I had uh, become pretty good buddies with Bill Crawford. Still love both those dudes, and they had mentioned you. I still I think love you both got those mentioned dudes. somehow. I think when you, they went down to the Addison Improv, you they would work were with in them. Addison with me, and like talk about two people that. I mean, Bill, I think, is still probably doing radio in Pittsburgh. He is. WDVE. And um, and, uh, WDVE. I'm Bill Crawford because he's got little babies. And uh, I don't think they're even little anymore. Probably not. like seven-year-olds. Oh, my God. What's happening? Uh, And now Steve's got a baby. Steve's got two. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I met them when they were, like, wild children in Dallas. And, like, we used to, like, rip the improv Sorry, improv. But we used to rip the comedy club back open and go back in and drink all the booze for free. See, I didn't get to do that, but oh, we, we yeah. ran around downtown Chicago. And like, they would tell us, nutty. in Addison and Dallas, they would tell us, oh my God, you're the only other club that does this other than the DC improv. So I really would love to, a chance to go to the DC improv. See, I went to the DC improv with Crawford and Byrne, the three of us that were together. And this was just before, no, I turned 27. It was my 27th birthday. Oh. So on the night of my 27th birthday, we did the show. I think it was we were doing the whole weekend. It might have been the Thursday night show. I got so messed up drunk yeah. that 
I don't remember a lot of it. I woke up in the morning. Steve loves Jameson. Yes, and so do I. And I think, yeah. and we also were big hockey guys, and so we hit it off in yeah, several different it. ways. Yeah, it was, it was trouble. And you know, the DC Improv is probably one of the best comedy clubs in America. It's yeah, unbelievable. and that's and people would say that to it's us. Right up there about, with Madison, you know, about Dallas. But I didn't know so I anything done that, other but I'd heard than great Dallas. things. Yeah. yeah. So the DC Improv that night. We, oh man, I remember we went to a bar like a block or two away, and they had like this upstairs bar, and it was right by the women's bathroom. And well, those men's bathrooms on the one side, so we were all like the bar ended, like say the bar ended at that wall, the door was to the women's bathroom. So we were like a bunch of us, people from the show. So we started doing this gag, I think that me and Crawford came up with, where whenever a woman came out, we'd be like, oh my God, what the fuck did you eat? Like, it smells like shit. We can oh smell from here. So, and then it got like around. So then women were coming out already flipping us off, like knowing what they, and then most That's women so thought it was funny. hilarious. They were getting into it. They thought it was funny. And then a couple you girls one were, off. No, I don't, well, maybe. I don't know. Cause I, that was, like, I was so bummed. That was kind know. of the last thing I remember. <laughs> and I do remember this. So I woke up, um, we had our own hotel room, but for some reason we all crashed in Burns' room that night. And I woke up with vomit on the floor on the carpet next oh. to me. And I was like, oh, this is bad. Then I got a text. I, I checked my phone, and one of my texts was from Crawford who took a picture of me with my head on the toilet seat because I was throwing up, and then I kind of just rested my head on the seat. And I think not even just like the seat seat, like the, you know, the porcelain part, which is really disgusting to put your face on. I mean, yeah, I think I broke so, out. I got some zits that is? week. What, like, it is very you, cold. When oh, when you're like, hungover, you want cold. Yeah, you're right. When you're, when you're throwing up, like... You just want the, like, the porcelain god is a real thing. It's so cold that there's, like, a comfort to laying on that seat. You know what else I do when I'm hungover? Because cold is a big thing. I like to take my shirt off and just be in, like, my boxers and lay right by the fridge like a dog on my stomach. Oh, yeah. Because the cold air from that fridge right there, that's pretty nice. You know what I mean? Unless it kicks in the hot and then it sucks. Like, and people are like, oh, just take a shower. I'm like, I don't, I can't stand. Yeah, I can't stand. It'll be bad news. So I don't, and and the other part of the story, and then I want to get into you living in New York as well, because I got into something earlier with New York, Chicago stuff with some people, which I kind of do every six months in this particular topic. You'll know where I'm going in a second. I don't blame you. But we were on the streets of, uh, you know, this is Georgetown where the club is. So there's just tons of people like college oh, kids. college kids, around. yeah. And apparently these guys were talking about the New York Jets. And the Jets at the time had a quarterback named Mark Sanchez. Oh. And apparently I went up and said, like, Mark Sanchez is a pussy, or maybe I might have said the C word. I don't I'm know. I'm sure you said something said, totally yeah, eloquent. Really bad. And then, I st- and then a fight started. Like, I started a fight with three or four dudes for no reason and didn't have a scratch on me. I guess I hit one person. and then. But Crawford said he was trying to get me out of there because, like, I was getting the guy's face. And he said he was, like, doing, like, a, like a football move where he'd get his hands under my armpits and just try to push <laughs> me back. But then for some reason I did the swim move where you do this to get around him. So I'm glad we're filming this now because people could get an idea what I'm oh doing. Oh, my God. Kind of pushing this way and go that way. And I don't know. I just And for some reason he, I said, I'm from fucking Chicago. And then I hit the dude. Yeah. And then Crawford the next day was cracking up because he was telling me, I thought that's just what we were doing. Like, we had to do a roll call of what city, because then I came in going, Pittsburgh, motherfucker. And, like, he thought everyone oh, was just going to name their city into the fight. You're making me miss the two of them so much. Those well, are two I of felt the most bad for Steve because. Comedy with. Yeah, they're so much fun, those guys. <sighs> and Burn the next day, because he was wearing suits at the time, but in the sum, when the weather's really nice, he'll wear like a vest, like a black, like almost tuxedo. He looks pretty oh, pimp. Yeah. I'll no, give him I credit. Know exactly the dude's a good dresser. And. <laughs> It got all torn up. It looked like Wolverine shredded it. And he didn't realize oh, it until the next day. He's like, what the hell? Now I had to go out and buy one. And I was like, oh, let me pay for it. I felt bad. But that, that dude, was he wouldn't let you buy anything. That was a guy no. where um, I, I did, I've done shows with him in the past where or I've gone out with those dudes. I remember uh, we hung out with, not to name drop, uh, Dave Bolin, who's uh, 
star for the Chicago Blackhawks for several years at the game winner in 2013 when the Hawks won the cup well, against he, Boston. I know, he always had all this like crazy, like, like his Instagram for a couple of years there was just so much Hawk stuff. And yeah, I was he's a big Hawks so fan. jealous. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, he's best friends with Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn's a dire Blackhawks fan. Yeah. So I think that whole group met. And then when I started opening for Steve, I met several of those guys and they're the best dudes. It was such a, a good group of people. I miss, I miss hanging out with them. I miss just, you know, eating, eating dinner with those dudes. So I was going to say one time we went to a barbecue place in Wicker Park, which why am I blanking on the name of it right now? It's on North there. It's a good spot. Anyway, though, I got there early so I could slide the waitress my credit card because they never let me pay for anything, which I get because they make 100 thousand percent more than me both of them but still sure, i grew up where it's like a pride thing yeah it's a pride it's a thing Chicago you know what i mean like let sure. me you know so i would sometimes if this was back before uber took off i would try to get in the front seat so i could pay for the cab which is also was it's a good gesture because oh thanks for getting the cab cost me 20 bucks they're gonna pay 200 dollars with the drinks later so i always still felt like a leech but steve always told me uh, when you start bringing people out with you, you take care of them as well. And that's a good so, rule. Yeah, I think it's you pay great, it forward. And like that's and that's how I've been treated. It's a good uh, rule with anything in life, right? Yeah, that's how I've been treated by those people as well. And like, not by every male headliner. <laughs> uh, being a woman is different, um, but like for sure, those those two people, Steve and Bill Crawford, one hundred percent, like class acts. Two of the funniest people I think I've ever worked with. But Dallas was good to me. So, yeah, I started there and then... How long were you there before New York? Five years. And I felt like, I am a professional comedian. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but, I, I mean, the things that I accomplished in five years there are totally, like... Legit, uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's fucking stupid. I started... the. I went to the improv in a low-cut dress to apply as a cocktail waitress because I had Googled stand-up comedy Dallas... Oh wow! That's what I knew about comedy. That's just wow. Okay, it's bad. so yeah, you. I mean, yeah, you were starting. Really I saw at Robin. The yeah, I saw Robin Williams live, and I was like, "That's it. I want to try that at some point." I took a bunch of improv. How incredible was watching Robin Williams live? I like cried so hard that the usher told me that I could meet him in the alley. Did you get to meet him? I did, and he was really kind. Ah, uh, see, I got to shake his hand once too. And He's I'm a very really, glad really I did. sweet person. Yeah, he was nice. I mean, I didn't get to really have a conversation with him other than, hey, that was great. And he was just said, hey, thank you very much. And we shook hands. I saw him just up the street from where we are here in Chicago at, I actually don't think the bar exists anymore. It's a place called Town Hall Pub, where like the Putterboss oh, sisters man, ran shows. And there was all sorts of, yeah, remember? Julia. Yeah, yeah. There was the, name of the, sh- the name of the show was called Entertaining Julia because the bar- bartender's name was Julia. And she's awesome. I like Julia a lot. So the idea was, let's just make her laugh and then it'll be a fun show. And it was originally started by, I think, Jenna Friedman, who was on the, a writer for The Daily Show for a while. And it's been Conan. Anyway, though, uh, I saw... So he... Jen, yeah, Jenna met also, him. also, like, as we talk about people, can you also list all their credits? I'm going to. I'm going to. I don't know why I did helpful. that. I don't know why I did that at all. Uh, that's a shit move on my end. You know what? I'm going to do that just for people who aren't <laughs> yeah, even well, comedians. Yeah, well, I'm going to fucking call you I'm going to do that for my friends who aren't even comedians. If I name anyone, yeah, I'm going to be like, should... my buddy, you know, he's a third-year apprentice uh, for plumbing. Yeah, I know they're only supposed to do two years, but look, he's, but he's, he's not getting a great through plumber. it. He's not yeah. a good plumber, but he's he's determined to plumb. Doesn't damn use it. the right primer on the PVC, you know. That was that's really more about plumbing than I know. Right there, what you just said. <laughs> I didn't know you needed. I thought primer was for paint. I didn't know you needed oh, for no, PVC you piping. Have a primer on your PVC. Okay. They make them in purple, which I really liked. And anyway. Yeah, you are handy. You told me this once too. So we're gonna get into some cool shit with you. We've only just begun, kids. <laughs> I saw him. Robin Williams at a at a, the bar could be no bigger than I don't know, fifteen feet across width wise and maybe yeah, 40 feet it was so small 
Well, smaller than most people's there? garages. Yeah. Back? Yeah, because yeah. that's what made it cool for Stan because it was that so small. If you me. had 20 people and there was packed. This was the most packed the place I've ever been because people were sending texts out. I was with a few other comedian friends of mine and my wife now, and we got a text saying we're going over to, the, you know, we got to go. We, have, just, to we go. have to go see Robin Williams. He's going to be playing, he's doing stand up at a dive bar. We got to see this. And he killed. He did like 45 minutes and was just bouncing around the room. And the, the energy that dude had was. Everyone was like, yeah, he was clean at the time. Everyone knows, of course, he was, he was a big cokehead well, sure, for a while but like, there. And but. That's, but, like, that's your experience at Town Hall Pub. His energy filled the Chicago theater. Maxed it out. So when you, when you saw him at the Chicago theater, it was probably the same time he popped in at, at uh, Town I Hall I bet Pub. you it was. It was his, I remember he was on Ellen that week, too. It was too. his it was live a whole on thing. Broadway tour, and he was here. It was, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was my senior year of college, so it was 2005. Okay, yeah. Uh, 05? No. Oh, no, we, maybe? we saw him later. This was a different tour then. Okay. This was like, oh, Well, because he did live he on did Broadway it. and then he came back through and did like another yeah. tour. Yeah. Because he was, it, it was like after a long layoff of stand up, a couple of years. It was probably after mm-hmm. the Broadway tour ended. He probably took a layoff to do some movies. Yeah, again. yeah to lift more and material. Then, <laughs> yeah. That was the thing about Ron Williams. Uh, listeners, if you're not aware, notoriously accused of stealing jokes to the point where. When he'd enter the comedy store, they'd put a special light on to let the comic on stage know that Robin just showed up. Don't do any new stuff. Yeah. And, and then a lot of times people would accuse him. be like, what the fuck, man? You stole my joke. And he would just write him a check. His whole thing was that he was just such a... I he was know, like, yeah, I stole he it. Just I consumed. also did it better. <laughs> well, I, I heard him... Well, maybe he said that. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I thought his theory was that he was just such a crazy ball of energy that he was soaking stuff up to the point where he didn't know where he heard what from. He couldn't and tell I, what I was in a thought to his own brain also, or what wasn't. Maybe I'm sticking up for him because he's dead now. Yeah, but and like, here's I don't the know. Thing, like, he's the reason I do stand up comedy. He was like such a And you're a notorious joke thief, too, so it makes yeah, perfect sense. Yeah, I jack all my stuff about my dead dad I've stolen. You know, you're always doing jokes about having a dick, and I'm like, she doesn't realize that that's that only people, works for a man. Yeah, I don't know. It's so yeah, weird. No, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, mostly with him and with that show, like, that was the moment I decided I wanted to do it. So. I started Second City, went to Dallas, uh, got my ass handed me in a relationship, and then was like, yeah, this is my rock bottom. I should start stand-up. That's how a lot of people start stand-up. That's how it is. I think that's how I like how I got the question of how you started without asking it, because I usually don't. It's such a cliche to be like, so how'd you get into comedy? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Which I I did for the very first podcast, because it was like the first one, and I didn't know how I was going to get into it. It's just like... Because I want it to be natural. I don't tell... I don't tell people, hey, here are the topics ahead of time. I don't say, you know, I kind of go into these podcasts thinking, oh, this would be a cool thing to talk about up front. And then For after sure. that, we just, I, I rant and rave and well, we figure it out. You're you know? one of those people that also, I felt, um, when I came, so I'd been doing it for five years and then would pop back in and people from, people from Chicago were kind of like, uh, and I was like, yeah, but I'm from here. I'm home for Christmas. My family would like to see me. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, Maddie Ryan and Steph Haas put me on Parlor Car and the Putterbaws and Beth Stelling, who's now just ripping it in L.A. Like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's your best credits, huh? I'm giving you a hard time because... Would you I like me to list? Credits. Would you like me to No, but you give me a hard time when I said someone else's credits. No, I love Beth. I'm the one that gave her the nickname Sweet Beth. Yeah, dude. I mean, so those people just, like, put me up at Ernest and Julia, and I was like, this is cool. Like, this is different from... It's I've great been doing team. clubs in Dallas. And then I'm, like, in this little bar that there's, like, 40 people in, and they're all people that think like me and kind of live a life like me. 
versus like jumping up and down on stage for 45 year olds that can afford $30 tickets at a sold out improv. And I but was isn't like, it good to do both? Right. Oh, it was, I was so Can't grateful get too comfortable with one the room or the other. The shows that I did in Chicago are what caused me to move to New York instead of LA. All right. Now, before we get into your experience of living in New York, a couple days ago, it was yesterday. This is inevitable. I feel like every six months I get into this New York pizza versus Chicago pizza. Let's just go ahead and tell all the listeners that Chicago pizza is way better. And then Dude, we could just, you know, go on with our day. If you have to fold your food in half and not taste any of it, you're eating for survival. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing with New Every York pizza. Every time I ate pizza in New York, it was for survival. That's why people eat it on the walk. Or $2 they're, they're and you on eat the it run. and you walk. And it's because nobody in that city knows how to take a fucking nap or take a break. And the expectation is so high all the time. Everything is 300% or you ain't shit. And like, I loved my experience in New York. It kicked my ass and it taught me a lot of really beautiful things. And I would never, ever trade it. I feel that way about living in LA. I survived there. Like, I started to get to a point where I think things could have gotten good. But that's a different It's a different podcast, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) But like... I also think that like pizza there, unless you're eating something like super dope and artisanal, that's like, I love, uh, I kind of hate the word artisanal. I'm not sure why. Yeah. I, no, I don't blame you. Of course you should. It's like the word foodie. Everything. It's just sounds arrogant. It's just arrogant. pretentious and bullshit. Yeah. It sounds arrogant. Well, my point with New York pizzas and I've had good, look, I think I've had good slices of New York pizza, but whenever people talk about the debate and I, I have listeners from around the country. Even I got some people well, around the world. what do you consider Chicago pizza? I consider it thin crust, tavern style, Cracker square crust, cut, right? Have so I'm saying our thin crust is better than their thin crust. 100%. Deep dish is a novelty even deep here. Deep dish is like a deep dish. I only have it when like Chicago tourist friends are in town. Deep dish. Chicago people really don't Sorry, eat deep I'm dish. shouting. No, it's fine. I get fired up No, stand in the mic. I like it. Get jacked. It's good for a like, podcast. Here's, okay, here's my fucking thing, right? Like, you, if you think that deep dish is Chicago style, you don't know shit about my city. It's just unique so to maybe Chicago. Shut your is mouth. what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. But the That's average like Chicagoan has like deep dish once a year when their cousin from Florida is in town in for town. the sake of an Instagram picture or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Which here's my thing. It's still good. I it's want just not a square the number cut. one thing. I want a cracker crust. I want that tiny corner. I'm eating all four tiny corners. I want the sausage on. If I get cheese and sausage, that the sausage is like big, crumbly, giant chunks. Yes. Yeah. Do you, what's your I like the pepperoni underneath the cheese even. What's oh, my thin crust spot? I've got several. I like Pete's. I like, there's one on Western, there's one on Montrose. I like Phil's, both, both Phil's. I don't think they're connected, but there's one in Bridgeport on 35th, and then there's one I up in Milwaukee. I love the idea of two different Phil's being like, fuck Phil. Not yeah, you, yeah. fuck this, Phil. We're Phil's on fuck 35th. You, Phil. you fuck yeah, the one fuck on Milwaukee, you, right? <laughs> and... Um, Growing up, my mom used to live right by Marie's Pizza, which I think is fantastic. That's on Lawrence near Pulaski by the Admiral Theater, which is the only completely all-nude strip club in Chicago. No alcohol, though, but you get to see Bush. Well, yeah, no, there's Stormy no Bush there? anymore. There's Puss. I feel like Stormy was just there. She was. It was a whole thing. So Stormy Daniels, who we all know, uh, banged the president there for a little while before he was president. God, you uh, couldn't she, pay me enough. Fam- <laughs> famous porn star, right? And who's, her prime was a long time ago, though. And yeah, women know, what have is a prime, a, What Joe. is a porn star's prime, though? Nobody has a prime, Joe. Well, no, there's a prime for porn stars. Mm. Where there's where like like Katie Morgan was in everything for a while, and she's not anymore. Like I'm not being sexist. That's I've just the way it is. I've only seen porn three times. Shut up, really? I'm really not kidding. Well, we got to stop this podcast it's right not, now. Show no, you some it clips. It's not like a, it's not like like trying to be cute or innocent. If I like Joe Rogan's podcast, I'd be like, "Hey, it's, producer, dude, Jamie's his name. Cue up some porn on the big screen." I, there. Yeah, and I would watch it, but I would be like, "Why is that happening to her?" 
What did you think the three times you saw it? And what ages were Honestly, you? like... Or did you watch just three I, times I tried one to watch, weekend? So, I mean, I've seen the L word. <laughs> Does that count? No. I've seen Real Sex on HBO. Also uh, doesn't count. Because they showed so many ugly naked people on Real Sex there on HBO. There was like weird old people sex circles. But yeah. like porn porn is just not... I don't like come visually. I come emotionally. Oh, okay. All right. I know. It's See, I don't very, want to ask a personal question. It's because, so weird. I know, but like, well, it you know what? I would ask. Yeah, I would ask a guy. That's what I would ask. I feel like when you ask certain questions to women, it almost seems just no, inherently it's creepy. Fine. Um, you said you don't come. You come emotionally, not visually. Yeah. So, so when you masturbate, it's all off of oh yeah. the thought of love. Kind of. Okay, but it's not like. Isn't that the worst? It's just different. <laughs> it's not the worst. Hey, whatever gets you there. Who am I to judge? Yeah, like the. Oh God, this is a lot. But like, if I masturbate, like I masturbate to my boyfriend. That's adorable. It's <laughs> that's so, adorable. so embarrassing. No, but you're <laughs> you've only been dating him for three months. Yeah, but no, like, that's still cool. I think. Yeah, but like also just like anytime I'm like. Or a crush. It's it is sweet to masturbate to someone you've already been with, to someone you've already had sex with. Because most people yeah. masturbate to someone that they've not been with. It's like a fantasy or it's a world. scenario or yeah, it's, it's whatever. Like a you know, yeah. scenario and like also like if Since it's I'm emotional, what's he doing? He's getting you flowers or something? Yeah, that's, that's what he's I don't doing. What, no, I don't know. What, what, I mean, it's still filthy thoughts. Oh, okay, but it's like but it's more like it's like filthy thoughts with this person that I like would like to fuck for a long time there you go okay well i don't you know when someone hears i masturbate to a like an emotional thought i'm thinking you know he, he says i want to make a baby with you and you're like oh my god that oh thought god, gets I you came. going no. yeah no it's like I, I don't know by the way it gets better the more you drink it yeah oh it totally does yeah, is that true I, don't, or no? I don't know if i'm further down than you or not on this cobra i'm not really going to town on it I kind of like the idea of getting a forty because I, keep I got it a lot of stuff to do tomorrow. When it's over. There you go. That's a good move. I like that. Let's keep it in the bag. So, all right, we don't we don't have to talk about masturbating. No, anymore, but like but porn wise, like he, the, the prime for porn stars. is Would you watch with him if he said? Uh, yeah, if he was like, you? "Hey, this is gonna make me come," I'd be like, "For sure." Let's all right. Well, it. when I share the link to the podcast once it's up, I'm gonna tag him in it so he knows oh, what to ask you. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I just got so red, but, but I don't. Like, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. I'm like a point of view, like close up person. You like that kind of porn? I think that's the only way. It's like. Sometimes the close up, the angles are bad though. Sometimes they're so bad. I don't like bad. the angle where and you see the back of the guy's balls. That's gross. No, and it gets, so that's my thing is like, like I can't handle how bad the acting. Like, I was an acting major. So oh, like, the acting's brutal, yeah. So like, it's so bad that it like really ruins any vibe for me. I could see that, man. I saw one that was so bad. It's like, how do you get hard to that? Oh, uh, you make it work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't like, I don't know. It's funny though. I think there's just too many damn options. I've been late to things because of masturbating. <laughs> I really have because it's just so many different videos where I, you get halfway into one and you're like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to come to this one. I got to find a different one. And maybe one and that's then you start. what it is. Is because like, if you saw how long it took me to pick out something to watch on Netflix, you'd be like, okay, I understand why you. You masturbate to your feelings. Oh yeah, you go. Yeah, whatever. Again, like I said, whatever gets you there the quickest is, it's I fine. think, the way to go. Yeah. Um, I remember in high school, this one guy saying, like, we were all talking, like, how long does it take you to to come when you jerk off? And everyone was saying their typical, like, yeah, a couple minutes, you know. And he's like, takes me like twenty five. And we're like, why the fuck are you bragging about that? That's embarrassing, dude. Don't you have things to do? Why are you like? 
that's a problem. You should you should know what you like and be able to get Gotta yourself there. What do you? Yeah, I mean, the only reason it takes me sometimes though. It takes you, me twenty because I like a ten minute nap. If I'm after. on the road and it's like I've had a long week and I get it's me time, you know what I mean? I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take my time. <laughs> Why not? Right? I'll take my time. You got a little personal. I'll get a little personal. Um, yeah, I'll take my time. I'll, I'll set the mood. I really I'll, um, love that. I'll, I'll let it build up a little bit there. Because <laughs> why not? You're in a hotel room. It's oh, like yeah. I don't even care. When I go, I to, had two queen beds last time I was on the road last week in Michigan. Did you just and bounce I, back and forth? Oh, the beds? Yeah. You jump on just the beds be back fuck, and forth? Oh, yeah. Like, just to be a that. fucking asshole, I flips. fucked up both the beds. Why not? I I, here's like what child. I do. I use every damn towel. I use t- I'll use four towels for each shower. Use each one for different all body parts. Soap. All the soap, soap, right? I steal Kleenex, of course. That's a given. And then I'll, but right when I get in, so if I'm staying like three or four days, I put the do not disturb sign in immediately. I don't want them bothering me at all. I'm making a mess, a four-day mess. If I need towels, I'll call them up to you, but I don't want anyone in my room. And I leave the TV on the whole time because I'm not paying the damn electric bill. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I want people to know I'm in there. So I'm yeah. pretty much a bad environmentalist. Also, what I was doing was uh, I started working out again, so I was using like the hotel gym. And then uh, when I got back to take a shower, I let the shower run forever to steam it the hell up. That way, the bathroom, I kind of acted like a little bit of a sauna. And then I got in yeah. there and just kind of like sweated it out a little bit more. Oh, I love that. I, you know, I just use the hotel gym at the Holiday Inn in Spring Lake, Michigan. I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've done that gig Wow. Before. Yeah, that gig is. It's rough. They have no lighting. Um, nope. No lighting. You're also in like the annex of the bar. Totally. However, I got lucky because it's summertime. So like, oh, I, just, I did it in I just started, November. Oh brutal. yeah, no, I did it in March also, and it was not good. Uh, there were like four people there, but I was just like, "Who's got a boat? <laughs> I want to get on your boat." I have a th- and then they just started listening because it was like a girl with big tits talking about wanting to be on your boat, and they were all like, "We're in." Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's my they theory. If you're if you're a woman and you don't get on a boat in the summer, you've got a lot wrong with you. I feel like. I'm not saying you specifically. Yeah, no. You're going to get invited on a boat. But oh, no. Uh, I couldn't agree more. All of the Instagram stories I see are just people on boats, which, by the way, you're big on Instagram stories. And I was reminded of this. <laughs> you Instagram storied me when I was having like a little bit of a temper tantrum. You did it. Joe had a meltdown at a, they know. I, I t- at a softball game. I, I talked about it on the podcast with Cole Cabana and Marty DeRosa, and they were both kind of acting as therapists. And just to update people, because I decided on that podcast and after that specific event that I need to go see a therapist for my rage issues and my temper. You know, I got a bad temper and I don't want to be that angry dad. I got a son now have, and all that. Do you have insurance? Yeah, I do. Oh, you should totally see it. So I went through psychology today and I found, because on that website you could type in your zip code and they tell you people near you. I don't want to go far. I feel and like I want to give you my chick. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be great because I sent this woman two emails and I've got no response. And I'm thinking, you what the fuck? What if I was suicidal? my girl. How about, how about a damn response, you know? Dude, let me tell you, I smoked too much weed one Where, time. Is she? All right, no, no, She's in the loop. See, I don't want to go all the way down the fucking loop. Of course not, but like you're bettering yourself. Yeah, I know, but can't it's they have an Monday office near me? All right, well, hold off on her. If I don't get another response from well, someone else, see how you do. Yeah, yeah I need. I want. To, I want someone with a parking everybody lot. Everybody should go see Amy Drucker. That's her name. Yeah, she's cool as shit. So uh, here's my thing with her. I showed up way too high one time. Actually, Rob Mayu, that is a comic here. I stopped by his house and I had helped him. He, I used to drive a minivan, so he needed a box spring and a mattress. And I was like, "Why don't we use my van? I'll help you get." I used to house. drive a minivan too, and you're kind of stuck with stuff like yeah, that, you right? Yeah, gotta do that shit you for get, people. The it's go-to fine. person. And he was like, "Let me smoke you out." And I was like, "I got therapy in two hours, but okay." <laughs> so what did your therapist say? Did so she I know right away? Super stoned, and I was like, "Drugs." I call her drugs. I was like, "Drugs." I'm too high. 
I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to get this high. I usually smoke a vape pen, which is like mostly CBD oil because I use it medicinally. Yeah, anxiety and whatnot. Yeah. And so like I try to use it more in terms of like calming the like changing levels of my body instead of just like being fucking blasted, man. Yeah. Totally, uh, which was fun for a while, but it's not really my vibe anymore. And so I was like, I, I like a high concentration of CBD. However, I just smoked a ton of fucking THC and I'm so sorry. And she was like, it's cool. I used to get way too ripped before therapy. Really? So she does seem pretty cool. She's like cool. And she too cool though. Cause I want someone who's going to be like, no, cause she hey, also, dude, let's get this shit together. Huh? You know, cause she also will like not let me scoot around talking about the bad stuff. Good. All right. Good. Like All she's right. like, cause here's the thing. Like she made me feel so cozy that I was like, well, we don't have to talk about that. And she was like, eh, actually we do. Okay. That's pretty like, nice. Why can't you have an office more convenient me. for me though? Damn it. Cause you look, look everyone. Think about if you're going to therapy, do you really want to take a train, a hot train in the summer? You're already going to get, you're going to give me more fired up on the way there. Look, and then, you know, I got a theory on that. You think you don't like getting there. You're like, fuck this. But then afterwards, after you've just like dumped your heart out onto a table, you want 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to. You want that 40 minute chill. uh, Yeah. You don't want to like unleash your fucking rage and then just like walk back into the door to your family. Well, I wouldn't do that. I'd probably stop and get a sandwich afterwards. Yeah, I usually do. I usually like take my time getting home because I need to process it. Okay. All right. That's fair. Good advice. Good advice. I appreciate that. But I remember when I was uh, freaking out, you were like Instagramming, not just, it wasn't like, oh, I got to Instagram Joe right now, but you were Instagramming a lot Instagram of people. I was Instagramming the day. You're a good Instagram stories person. I'm trying to get better with it, which is stupid to say if you sound cheesy saying it. Some people just know, all right, I got to film this. I got to film this or whatever like that. So you I know just what to like do. To, it, well, in like those days, if I, well, here's the thing. You were playing softball. I brought a hammock, two blankets, a chair, and sunscreen. And yeah, hydrogen and then peroxide. what did you say? <laughs> you came by the dugout at one point and told us that y- you and the women were talking about how all of us would be in bed. Do you remember that? You must have been probably. High at that point. Yeah, you came over and I. Yeah, I probably said something. said something shitty. Like, yeah. Well, everybody would be in bed. I had done mushrooms and ketamine. No, no, before. I didn't think you. I, you know, that's what you said. You told there was like five of us, and you said we're all over there trying to guess. Who would be bad and who would be good based on how? Oh no! Oh, or I see like what you're talking about. I thought you meant hungover. I was like, yeah, no, I did mushrooms and ketamine for oh, the first no, time no, no, the night no, before, no. so I was no, fucking I meant train like, wreck. Yeah. But you know, we were sitting over there talking. We were objectifying the shit out of all of you. Why wouldn't you? Women objectify men. I hate when people yeah, pretend like they don't. We've been objectified our whole lives. Of course. So why wouldn't you do it the yeah, other way around? Yeah, we're doing it now. Yeah. It's a great time. Totally. Now I understand why you guys have been doing it for. Well, so you know long. that's why I was talking about this with someone. I go, I think it's there's a lot of stuff that. I'm a body, bad feminist, Body image though. issues. What's that? You're a bad feminist? I'm a bad feminist. Oh, you're, is, is there such a thing? A good feminist, bad feminist? Be your I, own like, feminist, whatever yeah, you want to do. Here's the thing. Like, I want the same things all feminists want. You but just I think also, men should be in charge. <laughs> oh, my God. No, not at all. Wow. <laughs> is that the point? Wow. No, that could you imagine? I just want to see the look on your face when I said that. It is so scary that men are in charge right now. They're doing a real bang-up job. I have a theory on that, though. It's because I think if, one, if women became in charge... They'd probably do a lot of great things right away. But then after, say, say you know, men have been charged forever. So say I didn't, in some weird world, we decide, all right, women get the next thousand years. By after the first 50, that women would be doing just as shitty as a job as men have done. Because it's power. Know. Power corrupts. That's just the way that goes. Yeah. And it goes that way we do it to anyone else, too. you it ever. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. So your first 50 years, you'd be like, look at all the good shit we no, did. And then after that, you would end no, up being corrupt then, like we were. Because then, like, different 
this is such a crazy hypothetical, but you know. Yeah, but like you gotta like I love. So are white people inherently evil, but or no, have we just been I'm in saying, control? Like we're talking. You, I feel like you are kind of also talking about white women right now. We almost elected Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Well, like, I'm talking about women yeah, in but general. Then you right? like bring up like, like white women. Honestly, you gonna say a, white women are bad? Uh, no, I'm tired of that. Like. There's this like wave of white women are pieces of shit. No, nah, that's just right now. No, but it is happening. I know, but I don't agree with it. I don't understand. And it. I'm okay with talking about it too because I just think that's like women get enough shit. Why are we dividing women? We keep wanting to divide each well, little thing. Let's keep peeling layers way. off of stuff till till we decide that the only group of people who are good are like the minorityest of the minority. Yeah, they're like uh, women you know, that can't drive in Saudi Arabia, and you're like, well, then what the fuck? I saw someone make a post about this. I don't can't remember who. I would name who if I could think of who it was. Who the fuck was it? I was going through Instagram and it showed like soldiers giving flowers to women because it was the, today was the first day Saudi Arabian women could drive, and they're handing them flowers as they're driving. And someone commented, "Hey U.S., you owe us some flowers." And I wanted to comment, being like, "Are, are, are you? Yeah, America should be more like Saudi Arabia when it comes to treatment of women." I wanted to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like. It's I, I mean, I think they were joking maybe, but it made me think like, wait, why? I, I know you're seeing this thing where it's a soldier handing flowers going, hey, congratulations, you could drive now. But you understand that that country is terrible to women. But like my problem is not, it's just like my, my problem with everyone is that like not all straight, white, cis men are fucking shitbags. They're just not all bad people. No, they're not. And like not every white woman is a bitch. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, of course. People are a case-to-case basis. Humanity is person-to-person. So, like, stop grouping people together. That's how we got into this fucking mess. I 100% agree. I just can never understand how the left, which I I'm consider myself with, with, like, 85% of issues, sure. is... The one thing was not all Muslims are terrorists, which of course, not all, all black people are gangbangers, not all um, Hispanics are illegal, not all, you know, all the, they, they would always get so mad when when conservatives but in the right wing would do that, but then they're doing it. They're also like, oh, like, all Trump what are supporters are Nazis. And you're like, I just don't see how you're going to win anyone over them doing are like that. White trash that just thought that he was going to be the answer. Yeah. Because you know? he was this person that went rags to riches, and they thought they get to go rags to riches, and like although he didn't go rags to riches, I mean, but, but that's what they thought. Yeah, I mean, in the, it, that's what I'm saying. Like perception wise, and it's I don't. It's I think that the problem is like trying to group people together to make it easier to me. classify them. Yes, I, I just think it's. So, I, I'll see people say like all men are this, and then I'll. I never comment on it because I already know it's bad oh, it news. Makes me want to set but the there's always some dude underneath that's Can like. Can we set the internet on fire? Well, I would be. I would love that. There's always some dude underneath that's like, uh, some men, and then someone's like, the fact that you say that means there's something wrong with you, and then there's a whole fight going. And I go, you know what though? How, how hard is it to say some men are evil? Why do you when you say all men, you're gonna there's gonna be regular dudes who probably are good people who are gonna be like, hey, fuck you, like you know what I mean? Dude, and then I you're you're do not, not engaged. Someone who normally Facebook be on comments. right? Well, I yeah, just don't totally. Do it. You're smart. You're very smart for that. I don't have the energy. I'm doing a new thing where I don't check my phone for my first two hours of my day. Mm. And, and I've only been doing it for about two weeks now. But I'm telling you, game changer. Everybody listening right now, I don't love look. That. Do the best you can. I know some people are like, well, I gotta check it for different reasons, but just don't reach for it. When you wake up, do not reach for your phone right away. Wake up, go to the bathroom, get a glass of water. 
just you got because I read a whole thing and I came across a couple of videos where when you check your phone right away, which I used to do, I was so guilty of. I'd wake up and literally reach over just be and be in, in bed shit. and yep. scrolling Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that shit. And it trains your when you do that first thing in the morning, it's training your brain to be reactive. So you're just reacting. You're like, oh, well, she went on a boat this weekend. Good for her. Oh, uh, fuck that guy. Oh, she oh, you know, wrote like, a book. Yeah, like, Damn it. yeah, like, stuff just going yeah. on. You know what I mean? And it's just, and then it puts you in this funk of like, it either make you know, sometimes it makes you feel inadequate. We're like, I got to do more because you're just seeing the highlights of everyone's weekend if you do it well, on a Monday thing, or whatever. That's all of social it's media. It's not reality. I was really like, uh, not to be a bummer, but I lost my dad. And when I lost him, it's why I ended up back in Chicago. And the best thing that it taught me was I took, I like didn't even intend to, but I kind of just took six months off social media. That was smart. It wasn't, it wasn't Did a conscious it? choice. It was just that I would open it and I would be like, oh, you're so fucking pathetic that you think that that matters. Ah, see? My fucking dad is gone. And that was like, I think like his parting gift. That's a good way. That's a good way to look at this cool way that I was able to look at it. And now like people are like, oh, like I used to be that person that was like opening Instagram, refresh for likes, refresh for likes, refresh for likes. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I started getting way too into checking the stats of this podcast. Yeah, my day was just like too wrapped up and whether or not people liked what I was doing or not doing. And I was like, holy shit, you're the only one that should care if you like what you're doing or not doing. Exactly, exactly. So None of it matters. No, it really doesn't. And so, but your, you know, stat, your 200 like status doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like it's it's all fleeting. You know, you feel good about it for a day, and then you think, what's next? Because you know, people move on to the next picture that's really cute of some puppy or a baby or whatever the hell's going on. So, I just have learned that it's this urge where every time you feel a little bored, you check your phone. Every time, it's like you can't. Mm-hmm. You got to like let let yourself let your brain do what it wants to do. The fact that we're always going to a device and we can't just let ourselves just be you know well, what i mean just, just be yeah well, like there's like a fear too there's I feel a really like. cool uh woman out of houston texas who is there's a, no one cool out of houston texas yeah there is no, i'm kidding i was actually working with a comment from houston nikki <laughs> housley what's up dude uh chase Ceruso also um but her name is benay brown she's a shame researcher and she has written a couple of books she's she did a ted talk that went viral on vulnerability and she talks about how like like what it like what it means to be vulnerable, what it means to feel shame, and like the internet is this like cesspool of our inability to be fully vulnerable, right? It's like why people comment on shit. It's why people. It's why they're. It's why they had to make an angry reaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, I understood why they changed some of the reactions because forever it was. You know, trying to like your you, dad, dad's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, everyone, just For to give sure. you a heads up, my father passed away. The memorial's me this day. And then people are like, if I'm liking this, but I hope she doesn't think I'm liking that her dad's dead, which nobody would ever think. Right. You know? It was like an act of support. And the fact that it had to be like modified to make people more comfortable is totally stupid. It, it is. And it, it controls you, is what I, was one of the points I was going to make, is that our phones and social media control us. So what I. By not checking my phone for the first hour to two hours a day, sometimes I push as far as I can. I've had it where I go up to noon because it's better because I'm more present with my son. I see some oh, parents yeah. where they're just document. Like I'll throw some pictures up of them every now and then. I try not to overdo it. Kids cute, and I, sometimes they're you know having the dog play. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it's it, I got to throw it up, you know. Yeah. But I, I try. I'm not as some people. I'm like. 
10 pictures a day of your kid? I'm like, are you, you're like the people who go to a concert and film the concert. There's no way you enjoyed that concert that much. You watched it through a screen when you could have been living it. So I think to myself, I'm like, no, I don't want to be that parent. I want to soak it in with him. I'm a little guilty of that with my niece and nephew. I I take a lot of photos, but I'm only with them. Do you see them them every day? No, that's my point. I only see them for like six hours a week and I like love capturing them in that It's a different relationship, aunt to niece and to nephew. You know what I mean? As a parent, you're just like... You know, I'm trying to teach him things. I'm reading him books. And I think I'm, that's more important. You're making and him you laugh. Don't need your phone you know, for that shit. No, you don't. And so I try to push it back. But now I feel in more control. So I used to have this strong hatred for Facebook in particular, because it was just so. And and I, now I can make a post, and if someone says something stupid on it, I don't comment. Mm-hmm. Or people will try to argue with me. I don't even respond. Le- I let. I like the idea time. of them of driving them nuts. It's not worth my time. It doesn't matter. I. I, I'm in more control now, so now I don't hate it as much. Yeah. Because as comedians and as um, podcasters and as whatever we do, writers, producers, all that shit, you we need social media. Unfortunately, we, yeah, I, mean, I don't sucks. know if we need it, need it, but it's definitely. A, I feel if you could use it, it right, yes, you feel chained to it, right? One hundred percent. I'm no longer feeling as chained to it because of the way I'm using it. Well, and you I was, could use I'm using it, it in a similar as way. A tool, you know. I use it so in a Kanye way where said. I like share the stories that I want to share. Like on, like Instagram. Oh yeah, like look, my this, favorite thing. a good friend of mine's freaking out the fuck right now. He's clearly having like a mental thing. I'm gonna film this, put it on Instagram stories because it's gonna be really entertaining for everyone else. Like stuff like that, right? Yeah. Well, and also, <laughs> yes, mostly just when you're having a meltdown in a full real quick. Did ev- everyone? Can you? Because you know we're talking about vulnerability. It's kind of hard for me to vul- be vulnerable sometimes. I'm trying to like be more open with it, but I do have to pick your a brain. A guy from the south uh, side of Chicago has a hard time being. I'm vulnerable. not from the south side. I just day camp down there. I'm actually oh. from the northwest side. Well, my dad worked on the parks for the south side. Oh, so I think that's why people think I'm like from there. Just, well, I feel like you would love to be from the south side. Not really, because I'm such a diehard Cubs fan. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's always like fair, fuck the Sox, that whole thing. But uh, it's that day when I was you know throwing softball bats and yelling. Um, what were people thinking? Because the only reason I'm curious is because I grew up with, like, my cousins knew who I am, my friends knew who I was, but there's a lot of comedians who still don't know, and comedians are so non-confrontational and so one way. Well, yeah, you forgot that you were, like, like, here's the thing, like, I'm, an I'm intense dude and very also competitive. that competitive, which is why I don't play. I know, I'm not playing on the next game. They're doing one on the 4th like of July, I, I'm not I playing. I told them, like, they were like, oh, you should play, and I was like, also, I did drugs last night, but mostly... It's the same reason I don't bowl. I'm bad at it, and I don't like being bad at stuff, and I become a real fucking bitch. I I could be bad at something depending on how pe- the people around me are. If the people but around it, me are like, like, "Ooh, you suck," then I'll get mad. Then I'm fucking mad, and it, yeah. and like no one's gonna be like that. But like, I have a temper. I grew up in sports. It's our hair color, right? It's the redhead thing. When's your birthday? September 21st. Virgo. Yep. Yeah. So what are you? Gemini. Okay. I don't, Gemini know, I don't know what any of these Well, I'm mean, a Gemini Cancer cusp, which is a whole different ballgame. I'm like half emotional and thoughtful and half manipulative and a nightmare. But um, A little yin and yang there, huh? Yeah, just a real treat. <laughs> Everybody is why well, I was alone for 10 years. Um, but I just thought, I just wanted to pick your know, brain and be on the sideline. I don't know what people sideline. were thinking. I think that people were like, Oh my God, let me see his meltdown. And it was more just like people thought that I had like had more of it on video. I was like getting messages yeah. asking for this meltdown. Really? Yeah, Marty was telling me that people are like, he said they're like gunning for it now or like it's like a spectacle they want to see. And I was it. just like, no, you know, my thing is that like. It's weird though because I mentioned on my podcast, no, on the podcast like, with Marty, comics that was are on, like 
not competitive. Yeah, they're a lot competitive of them are. as comics. Like they see somebody get a Netflix show and they're mad at them and want it, even though they don't want to work for it. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. There's not like a sports competitive nature, which like as a suburban or like I mean, I think it's just like a Midwestern child. Sports are just like Chicago's a huge sports right town. Now. Yeah, like we, it's such a crazy thing. I played soccer every day as a kid, and like that was it. That was what we did. So you're in the World Cup? Oh yeah. See, I want to try to get into it, but I'm I don't into, like know. I mean, my dad was from England, so like I'm into the England team. Oh, cool. I didn't know you did it from England. But I also, yeah. But I also like, I mean, I like watching, I mean, I don't, I'm pissed watching Ronaldo score f- three fucking goals in the first match. But like, you watch these matches and you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, I could watch that all day. But I worked, when I first moved to Chicago after college, I worked at Fido specifically to work soccer games. Nice. So I would like work in the morning because I was an Arsenal fan. My dad. Those of you wondering, Fido's a big Irish pub in downtown Chicago that pours it is, a mean and pint they show of Guinness. All the Euro sporting sporting events, and uh, I like I like that. World. You play soccer in high school? We didn't have high school. What soccer. high school did you go to? I went to Westmont. It was tiny. Oh, okay, yeah. I tried out for the football team my sophomore year to kick. And the coach said that he wouldn't coach a girl, and all the guys said that they would never date me if the coach quit. So I didn't try out. That's like fucking. That's like it was, uh, it was like that's emotional like the plot warfare. Of like a uh, <laughs> bad MTV teen show, it is. right? It's like teen Wolf for something. And then she like I don't know what she I don't does. like that they made. By the way, I'm really pissed off that they made a TV show called Teen Wolf because I tried to get a Teen Wolf GIF the other day, and or GIF, GIF or GIF, whatever the fuck it is. And all showed up was the MTV one. Like all of them. And I'd like scroll you, real you file down. Like the Michael J. Fox, of, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, of him like in the jersey with the full werewolf on. I would have settled for we're, uh, Teen Wolf 2, the one with Jason Bateman. No, see, no. Excuse me. I was holding back a real sick burp right there. I didn't want to aim it toward you. Cause were I'm you? I've had to pee for like 20 minutes. I could pause it so you could pee. Can we? Yeah. That'd be dope. I do have a pizza place for you. You do? All right. Well, we're back from both taking a pee. Not together because that's weird. We've yeah, been we separately. Separate. Come on, everyone. Get your head out of the goddamn gutters. Yeah. Joe peed in the sink and I peed in the bathtub. Yeah. We, we maintain eye contact, but what else would you do? I mean, we're on a podcast, people. Right? Let's focus. You mentioned you had a pizza place for me, though? I do. And then we'll Have go back ever, and with some shit. Uh, yeah, we're going to go back and talk more shit. By the way, this is I like that we bounce around. I People who listen are like, dude, you mention this every week. I tell my guests, don't worry about it bouncing around because when you're at a bar and you talk to people, fucking you this bounce around. This is how it goes. Right? Yeah, this is, this is very much Got motorcycles going on in the background. We're drinking 40s. This vibe. Yeah, I don't think I'm doing as well as you are. So it's not a race. It's not a competition. I know we're I talking about being competitive, but come on. Yeah. Nobody wins when you race with 40s. <laughs> Have you ever done Edward 40 hands? No, I've seen that on TV shows, though. Is that a real thing? Oh, People I've seen it, it in, in person. And you it's tape no two 40s one looks your hands. Good. I mean, maybe I'll do it one day. Well, Fourth of July, it sounds like heavy. an American thing to do. It does look heavy. And then what happens when you got to pee? What oh, happens that's when a you? Great point. Right? What happens? You know, there's a whole lot of that goes into it. Wear a dress with no panties. So when you fi- a dress with no panties, <laughs> like that I, mean, I, could, I mean that for that's you. That's what they, I'll as wear. Advice. A, I'll wear a kilt with no panties. Um, wearing a dress sounds freeing, to be honest. Mm. With no with no underwear, I'd call it or boxers. Um, yeah. I mean, it is the best, but I will say. I wear summer, boxes, but I refer to it as underwear. 
Oh, I say underpants most of the time. When you refer to men, you refer to their underpants? I usually just say underpants. The word panties actually just then freaked me out a lot. It is a strange word, panties. It's gross. It feels It does it feels feel pedophile. It feels like a man with a mustache came up with the word panties. Yes, yeah, 100%. A gross guy that always has a look like a crumb in his mustache where he's like, let me get them panties. And you're just like, no. And then the word just seemed to take off because... You know, one little cute porn star probably said, look at my panties. And then everyone was like, all right, I guess that's the word. But no one was really thrilled about but it like being the word. Nobody was jazzed. No, I don't, I don't like the word. I say underpants because I feel I don't like, like underpants either, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, I like that's underpants bad. because it really slows everything down. People hate it. Yeah, that's a bad... <laughs> underpants makes me think of what Mormons wear. What are they they wear the magic underpants or something? Where it's like Depends, underpants like goes down to just below oh, your bloomers. knee. Bloomers. You're thinking about bloomers. I'm thinking about a word that you, I don't even know. Can I just tell you about this pizza place before? Of course, we yeah. Is uh, it's called Side Street Saloon? I don't know it. Hot damn! I don't know what time their kitchen's Hot open. Hot Christ on a bike, that good, huh? Yeah, honestly, Sundays six bucks. You can only do it there. I like that. Six bucks small pizza, any toppings. Reminds me of a place called Jones in L.A. This place Dude, called Jones on Santa Monica. Is, is also, it's like only the best place with thin, good pizza in L.A. Like thin crust, cracker crust, square cut. Yeah, they call that tavern style the square cut for those yeah, it's for people around yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. And not it's got that like know. like uh, the little like semolina like kind of like. Um, like Are you a red pepper meal? flakes gal? You like to throw red pepper flakes on? No, because I like Big to put I, this place. I put jardinera. Dude, on my pizza. oh, you're into that? See, oh, I was telling yeah. someone that recently that I just started doing that, and I love it. See, my I favorite was, uh, is pineapple bacon jardinera, and I've people get that. pissed about the pineapple. Yeah, However, to me, I don't think the pineapple belongs. I'm a big pineapple fan. I get it, but like, one I want. Second. <coughs> Excuse nice. me. Ooh, that nice was a push. good one. That was Damn, a good push. I've been holding that one for a while. Out of yeah, respect, I saw you trying to like sneak little guys out off to the side, and that was the one that really wanted to. Come See, out. we were talking about feminism earlier. <laughs> there are things I do where I'm like, you know what? I'm not being a good feminist right now because if she was a man, I'd be burping for sure. Would belched already. Yeah, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up with all men. I'm used to it. You got brothers? I have a. I have an older brother. He's 40. He's dope. I love him. I mean, he's not like emotionally available, but he's cool as fuck. Oh, he's an older brother. What do you expect, right? <laughs> Emotionally available could be uh, a little exhausting cool at times. He made a redheaded, blue-eyed daughter. So, like, that's like two percent of the world's population. Yeah, that's my soulmate right there. I love my nephew. He was my first like godson. He was my first godchild. I love him so much, and he's brilliant. So you want kids one day? I take cool. it. You know, are you good either way? Or I'm at a you don't point know? right now. I'm actually in like a for sure identity crisis about it right now. And I cornered my boyfriend about it yesterday in the park. Now, I would like to ask something about relation to your boyfriend. Not anything specific, of course. Sure. But a couple podcasts ago, I almost wish I would have gotten... I probably should have told like com- other comedians, like posted in one of those group things, which usually I do sometimes. Because Abby Sanchez was on the podcast, I think like two podcasts ago. And we got into about a good 10-minute conversation about comedians dating each other. And how also- my theory is women have it harder because... Women in general, I understand why, fem- why more women date male comedians. Like most of my, f- I don't know how to say this. Most of the women I know in comedy are dating other people in comedy. That or- are more successful than them. Well, not always. Because okay. I could name, I'll just name Sh- Megan Gailey, a good friend of mine who I mentioned. I feel like every other podcast, I feel like she's, her boyfriend's successful in his own way. He's a very good writer. He's also, he doesn't really do stamp anymore, but he came up as a stand up. I'd say she's more successful than him. But. Yeah, but I also just love her and want her to succeed and be the happiest human because she's a wonderful person. She was an usher at my wedding. Yeah, she's good. Oh, she's good God, people. I love her. So 
I uh, so they're not. It's not always that way. But I think I know a lot of guys who are comedians that date regular people. But I don't know that many female comedians that date regular people because the average dude gets intimidated by the fact that it's a woman on stage. She's I in control. I haven't met a regular person that can date me. I am that, dating it's, a musician. It's a tough lifestyle. You're dating a musician though, so that's kind of goes along with what I wanted to bring up. At one point, I was thinking about this on the ride over here because. I thought about, someone asked me, um, hey, your wife, I haven't seen her at a show in a really long time. I go, well, with the baby, it's tough and all that. And I go, plus, I don't really, I only invite her to like big shows. I mean, what am I going to invite her to a random show? Like, who cares? Like, if I got like, you know, if I'm recording an album or there's like, you know, something big or, you know, yeah, she'll come like, out. Yeah, get a sitter, come out. Yeah, but nice I'm night. not like, well, you know, what? Yeah. Uh, anyway, though, uh, it made me think about how th- there are comedians I see who will bring their girlfriends to shows and those aren't, and a lot of times it's bad comedians. And it makes me think, what They're is going the on? Comics. What is going on? What's going through the woman's brain when her boyfriend or husband sucks at, at their, it's live art, you know what I mean? Like, if you're dating a shitty I banker, you don't give a fuck. But if you're dating a shitty musician, is he a good musician? Yeah. He'd have to be, otherwise you wouldn't be with him, right? Exactly. Because say, say you I mean, he... Because that'd be a major turnoff, right? He's an incredible producer also, and like his tenacity as someone who has this like sort of he he like lived abroad for a little while he like spent some time in india and that's where he like fell in love with folk music and now his focus is more about like can you play acoustic, a sitar no but it's okay. like acoustic music and about like building community through acoustic music and like his sort of like subliminal like subliminal political platform for what he wants to do and why he wants to do it is super fucking hot it's nice. so sexy so did you did you meet him and then find out he was a musician, or did you see him perform and then start dating him after performance? I totally hit on him at a at Cole's at a bar. So you didn't know he was a musician when you were hitting no, him? No, I saw okay, him. Okay, well, that's kind of cooler then. I saw him come out of the bathroom, and I was like, he's super cute. I'm going to hit on him. And then we got interrupted. And then he came up and kind of like tried to hit on me, and we were interrupted. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not letting this like moment pass. I wrote my number down on a piece of paper. It was like the 40s or something. Why don't you just say, "Hey, take your phone out and give me your, and put your number"? I don't it. know. It felt. Then I actually like the old school sliding the piece of paper. Here's the phone number. It felt thing. like I went outside. It's like listening he to was vinyl. Like have a cigarette. Well, he <laughs> was like, I was actually, you know, Steinbrenner. Yeah. Jeff was in town, and I was like smoking his vape pen inside the bar. Coles. So this was three months ago. Yeah. Exactly. I was. was I dropped exactly, Steinbrenner yeah, off that exactly night. Yeah, it was exactly three months ago. Coles. Were you there? Did I drop you off that night too? No, but it was. I mean. You know, I know because Steinbrenner fucked up my set that night at CYSK. <laughs> He did. Because earlier I that day, that. At, at Comedians You Should Know, the Wednesday night show I produce in Chicago, any listeners you're in town, hit me up. I'll hook you up with some free tickets. So, you know, another, another good reason to come to Chicago. Uh, Jeff Steinbrenner, who was a producer of Comedians You Should Know in Chicago, r- helps run the show in New York, produces that one. That's a great show, too. That's The at, New uh, York one's killer, yeah. It's at the Gutter Bar or Gutter whatever. Bar, where I watched Joe watch the Cubs win the I World I saw the Series. Cubs win it all there. One, one of the happiest moments ever. <laughs> I walked and in and you were watching it on that shithole tube tv which i didn't know they had and i couldn't believe i had to that watch that your life the first six innings Knowing on an analog television well they i, I so i said i'd do the <laughs> show not thinking it. it would go seven games because i agreed to do the show <laughs> before the series started not realizing oh that could be game seven so it's november 2nd you don't think baseball goes into november but no, it did i know and so i had to watch it on this like fuzzy shitty tv 
And then we switched to, they brought down this big screen, big screen, which was just gigantic, and this picture with quality was amazing. Then they blew it on that screen. So that was the first time I got into my head about superstition and all that, because the whole time I'm like, I'm no longer knocking wood, all that stuff's stupid. The Cubs are run by smart people now. What I have for breakfast does not affect the team, you know? M&M moment. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, for those <laughs> I of you- I have photographs, I, too. If you want them, you can follow me on Instagram, and I will send you all of them. It's you do? At Chelsehood. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, I have photos I, of Joe losing his mind during that. I don't know that. I got to see. I think you showed me one, right? Yeah, I got like six or seven of you. I took them from all the angles, but it's the same. It's like the quintessential Joe Kilgallen watching the. Let me see because I could, I could use some more like cool up. photos. Yeah, 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 I'll send them to you. You know what would be good for those because you know comedians <laughs> post the photo going, "Here's my upcoming gigs," and it's like all the gigs on yeah, the side. Just, that would be a good one for that. Just says vomit on my sweater already, and then it just says. Yeah, <laughs> you, uh, Kyle Ayers posted this great. He posted it the next day, saying that if they had lost, this photo wouldn't have seen the light of day, and he took it right before they, like before the tenth inning had they're started. Very, they're very similar photos. Right. Well, no, yeah. those are great well, photos. I was pacing. I was, I was in the on back the of the room. My old man. Ah, see. I, I mean, it's emotional. World. Well, that's what I love about sports is they bring yeah, we people together in a way that really nothing else does. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, if you, you if you and your dad, but like I know people who like share similar music interests than their parents, right? But like you know, say your favorite band that your dad also likes has a new album come out, you'll be like, oh, it's cool. You'll talk about it a little bit, but it's not the anticipation of rooting for the same team as a parent and then having that team finally do something that no one said they would ever be able to do. The oh, emotion that comes gr- over I mean, you is crazy. They, yeah, they won. Like two and a half weeks before he passed. And that was, I was just like, my first thought, honestly, like I was devastated. But when I like kind of came out of the haze, I was like, oh my God, he saw the Cubs win the series. It's nice because like one of my best friends growing up, his dad died after game three. I was a big Cubs fan. And he was actually one of the people that texted me. I read his text at Gutter Bar in that, you know, in that back room when the Cubs won it all. And I was so elated. It was funny. I showed Just a couple. Like I showed a couple comics. I know. So it sucks so much. I took That's out my phone so and saw I had fifty-five texts. It's like the game had ended four minutes ago. Like fifty-five. 55 and I go, look at this. And I showed someone. I go, look at that. What was that fifty-five? And they go, you might want to look again. And I looked, and it was one hundred four. And it kept popping up. I think I got up like. 250 because everyone knows me as just this sick you insane diehard Cubs yeah. fan because when I get into something I become obsessive over it but I'm anyway so back to yeah. Jeff Steinbrunner okay, and then we'll get into that oh, oh, oh god yeah, well no I, I just want to say how he ruined the show for me yeah, real quick and it, it wasn't his fault per se but he talks texted me earlier because he was going to do our show then and he was in town from New York yeah texted me earlier in the day saying hey I'm filming the set tonight I'm going to get there early and mess with the lights because I feel like the stage lights could be just aimed a little bit better for spotlight purposes. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Yeah, you can come in and redo the lights. Go I, ahead, As cowboy. long as the stage is lit so the crowd could see, I don't yeah. I'm not one of those people who are anal about that stuff. Where I'm like, well, hold on. Let me see. I got to talk to nine people. But anyway, I'm hosting. <laughs> and there was a bad transition from music ending to my introduction. So right away, I kind of started a little awkward. Not a big deal, though. That happens not a lot there because we have a good production value. But it happens. But then the lights flickered when I was in like I was like a joke or someone and the lights flickered in a weird way. I was like, everyone see that? And people kind of like, yeah, I think so. And then I kind of like looked to the back of the room where the comedians hang out or like that front corner going, hey, what was that? And nobody responded, which is so awkward because I'm like, you guys, one of you could have said what happened and I'll get to what happened. Then after four or five more minutes of kind of eating shit, I got to a bad start. I'm trying to do crowd work and whatever and I'm totally just, it's bad and I'm not having a good set. Meltdown was what, exactly what this really was. <laughs> and... The lights flickered again this time. And this time I was like, what the fuck? And I, in my brain, I'm like, it's Steinbrenner. That piece of shit didn't get there early it's like he wanted to. fucking And he's it. fucking with the lights, which is like, dude, 
You don't fuck with the lights when the show's going on. You, if you told me you were going to get it early to do it. Doing it when the show's going on fucks with me as a comedian and the audience. is like, why are the lights going in and out? And then I asked again. I asked again, and they were all such. Here's how cowards comedians are. They were (laughs) such. I had to look at the damn camera. They were such fucking wusses that they couldn't even just be like, oh, dude, this is what happened. Adam Burke, who's been on this podcast, great dude, he leaned on the lights twice. Two separate times leaned on the lights because he was leaning up against the wall and didn't realize. And that's why they flickered. If If after the first time it happened, he would have been like, my bad. Oh, sorry, mate. So, I only lean on a fucking Joe, light. Joe, Joe, yeah. like you know, he's from the UK. Uh, well, Northern Ireland, they London, and then he lived in Dallas Australia. too. He's and then he's born in Australia. Australia. The guy's all over the place. It's crazy. We both have dead dads, and both have English ties, and yeah, uh, and Dallas, Dallas ties for exactly five years, and are now Chicago comics. Sh- if you two were both single, I'd try to set you up from that alone. Sorry, new Joe, boyfriend no, and Adam's I just girlfriend. No, I'm with him, so I've seen it. Yeah, you're like, no, I'm good there. <laughs> Anyway, he leaned against the lights, and I don't. In my head, I'm like, why didn't one of you just say, "Oh, I lean against the lights"? I could have made a joke off of that, and then I would have gotten back on track. But instead, I was in my head thinking, "How dumb are these people that I work with that they're fucking with the lights while I'm on stage?" Me of all people, knowing I'm a very delicate person up there, it could either be a great set or it's going to be you're one of those a delicate sets that you. Person everywhere. I just, uh, yeah, I guess you, I got to own that. You're an I gotta empath, own that. and you don't want to admit it, but you are. You feel all the feelings. I do. That's why I actually. Uh, oh, I got to tighten my mic phone cord real quick there we go i was pulling that and now it's coming out i don't want it to be all shitty now for people hold on damn it he's gonna figure it out there we go i got it. you know the cord gets all curvy and shit you gotta spread her out before you <laughs> nope is it better see you spread her out before you go in but then that just sounds you got a lot of sexual when you know as you've almost said today so why well, i do feel person. all the feels though i'm one of those people i get queasy when i um watch medical stuff that's too gross or if oh, I see a leg injury I, I've Weird passed that out several prom- times your network premiere was Chicago Med and you get queasy isn't that crazy that's stuff. what's really and you know what else was funny about that was I was shirtless on that do you hate your nipples I do oh my I hate I have a concave chest because, okay I know you hate your nipples because every time you post about that you post about your nipples Oh, I can't it's stand my nips. So I got bad nips. They're 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 not good nipples. They're I'm not happy. Total, I mean, I'm not looking at them now. Well, I got a t-shirt on, so how like, you look at them? No, but I mean, like they're normal nips. They're just nips. I don't know. I just I've never. I was growing up. I um. If they were puffy, I'd be like, yeah, be nervous, be self. They're a little puffy, but they're not puffy in the type that it. Um, I'm glad I don't have the type of puffy nipples where like the nip nip part like goes in. They yeah. see the people that are puffy and it goes in. If you're it's one of those people like listening, the, I'm sorry. Those, that's not like a good the look. It's part around the nipple that's puffy that you're like, this is not a good look. I got hair. I got hairy nipples. They got hair oh, around that's them. another thing. Yeah. Uh, but growing up, I would, because I was super white, I had to wear a white t-shirt in the pool. But then when I would take the t-shirt off, my ribs got go in. So I'd get, people would give me shit for that. There was a lot about that and being covered in fake blood. The thing is, if it's fake blood, my brain knows it. But if it's real, like when I get shots, I pass out almost every time. That's so funny. It's, yeah, because it's funny because everyone's always like, dude, you're such a tough guy and you pass out for stuff like that. It has nothing to do with being tough. Nothing to do with it. Like, I'll, I don't like the like sight of blood, but I'll make you fucking bleed is what outside. I said to those people, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. I don't know, like, that stuff doesn't yeah, gory stuff. Ooh, gory, gory stuff, stuff grosses me, me out. No, it's the worst. Oh, I can't man, I watch love, those Final Destination I, you know what movies I, and whatnot. I have like a, I've become very, like, weirdly obsessed with medical shows since my dad died. And I think it's just like watching other people die. <laughs> That's so dark. That is this. F- 
I think I got to take that 40 away from you. I don't know. It is 6% alcohol. Maybe I don't want No, I mean, it's just like, I like. I, That's creepy as shit. It is. Well, I don't, I've never watched them before. And now I'm just like, oh, I'll watch all these medical shows. But it's like. They're, they're compelling. You know, a lot of them, they got, you know. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, well, I started watching the Chicago series, which is super humiliating. No offense, Dick. Uh, but I feel embarrassed that I watched the Chicago series. They're very popular. People love them. People do there's, love there's them. There's a reason they're all I mean, in like also, their yeah, multiple seasons. I'm, I'm glad it got picked up. I need to get a residual. <laughs> I want I want that episode to rerun so I can get another check, baby. I mean, I got into them though when I lived in Dallas because I was homesick. Ah. Uh, and like the Chicago Fire was the first. Yeah. And so and like also, you know, I remember watching like the first episode of PD being women. like, oh god, they messed yeah, us up. Exactly. And like, but they show the city so beautifully. They do do a good job they and, do, they, like, and they really film all over the city the and they city yeah. And like I'll give them credit for that. And that was my thing was I was like I got into it for that and then it's now it's kind of like this like secret guilty pleasure and I feel I'm like totally ashamed of it <laughs> that I watch all of the shows. Why are you series. embarrassed by? If you like it, why Dave Grohl said in an interview once there should be no more guilty pleasure, just pleasure. I do love that. I think that's a cool thing because he even he, at the end of it he says, "I have no problem saying that Gangnam Style is one of my favorite songs of the last year. It's catchy as shit, like you know that William Hung song or whatever the fuck oh, it yeah. is." I I secretly I love William K-pop Hung? too. I don't even know. K-pop is that Korean pop or whatever it is? Oh yeah, K-pop's crazy interesting. Have you watched? Uh... I used to try to be like, I'm not that into Dropkick Murphys, and I'm not, but I did see him in concert and it was really good. I own one album, but people yeah, always are like, to, like Do you it's think? a weird thing, people right? Try like, to, we like, try to like fight stuff that we they try like. To, like. Well, everyone's so obsessed with cool. But people who, th- nobody knows what the fuck cool is so, though. It's so ridiculous to me. I don't know. Because what some people could pull off as cool, other people could never pull off as cool. Well, and I had this conversation uh, with a really brilliant human yesterday about feigned arrogance. Oh, that's the thing, yeah. And like how we just pretend like everything's okay all the time because we're working so hard on like rebuilding the damage that was done from our childhood. Yeah, damn, that's deep. I know, that's why I date him. Oh, oh there's a seat, man. This dude better listen to this podcast because you are definitely no, but it's, um, figuratively well, sucking his dick on it right now. Well, no, we, I mean, we, I like, I like threw it down on him yesterday in terms of like, I f- I'm just like, I feel I'm super vulnerable because I kind of drilled him yesterday. I'm like, I don't know if I want kids. I would love to have like maybe one kid, but I don't know how that works as a female stand up. I mean, I would use Ali Wong as an example, but she seems like an outlier. But she doesn't get to have that because she was already successful. She made her money by being pregnant on camera. She is. Yes. Yeah, both are special. She's been pregnant for. Exactly. It's look at like Natasha Leggero. Look at Chelsea Peretti. They took look time at the off, women right? that you know. Well, no, but they both married other successful comedians and like what have, what have, what has Chelsea Peretti or Natasha Leggero put out since having got, kids? I, uh, yeah, I don't know. So like, I just don't know how it works. I haven't seen enough outside of Lori Kilmartin. I love Lori Kilmartin. God, she's one of my favorites. She's I did cool. a show in a shitty Brooklyn bar with her. And her son was in the back on an iPad with headphones on. Uh, that's funny. And she was like, you were really funny, but we have to go, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, stay forever. I love you. So like, it, it can work. You know what I mean? And yeah, until there's, I just don't know how. And I, I know, know you're saying the other people it. are established, but, like, I don't think that. I just don't know how you do it. I, yeah, I don't know. So I'm like, I'm not against it. I just haven't made that decision yet. 
But I had to be like, if it's a ho- like, I had to be like, hey, like, could you get married? Could you have a kid? Like, we've been fucking for a while and it's been super chill. Yeah. But I'm also 35. So I feel. You feel this- younger to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like a Never Neverland kid. For some reason, I think I'm older than you, but I'm not. I don't know. I always look at you like, ah, oh, yeah, it's a good and kid. Well, because <laughs> as a woman, I think there's also this like sort of necessity not to get too feministy, but like you have to kind of carry yourself younger. So like, yeah. dress younger, carry a backpack, look cute. I feel that's. I'm sure that's definitely more on women, but I definitely feel like as entertainers in general, we always kind of want to skew a little bit younger. I was thinking yeah. about this the other day. Um, I saw like on Twitter, Bill Burr just turned 50. And I'm Holy like, he does shit. not dress like a 50-year-old. He, it, he's he, been Up until four or five years ago, he was dressing like any other dude. He's fucking ever. Yeah, no, he's 50 He's still now. like 35 to me. I don't even remember his when he was 35 because when, I, for, when he first became a fan, it was during, I guess during the Chappelle show, I remember seeing some of his clips. So that probably, he probably would have been 35 then. That was about 15 years ago, right? 2004. 2003, yeah. whatever the hell that was. Well, yeah, he yeah, came you're right, through 35. the improv in 08 when I first started. So that was, t- he would have been 40. So he was, my second, he was my second week at the improv. Cool. I had no idea who Bill Burr was. And it was And lo and behold, look at him now. Humiliating in retrospect. I was just this like Yeah, but in 08, he wasn't a name like he is now. No, he wasn't at close. all. Yeah. And like he, I mean, we had to draw the curtain. He didn't break curtain. No, of course. Probably only comedy nerds knew of him. And like, exactly. And people maybe saw him in town the time he was there before. He was at that level. He was still drinking Heineken's at the bartender of the improv's house at three o'clock in the morning. You know yeah, mean? you know what? He really lived it up. Sometimes I think back where it's like, what an advantage that was to totally live up your 20s, live up your 30s. Even in, he has a, he has a daughter now. His road. his kid was b- was born maybe a month or two before my son, and and then just that freedom because, um, look, I, I love my wife. I love being married. I love it, my life. Everything everything that's gone down, I wouldn't change for the world. But sometimes I think about comedian friends of mine. Like I remember when a group of them moved to New York six months before I moved to LA. You know, New York's expensive as hell, but there was three of them. They were like living in a basement. They didn't give a shit. Like they were all like sleeping on beanbag chairs. Oh, Each Kenny one was paying. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly I, what I'm talking I've about. I've been in that bathroom of their apartment, and they definitely acted like they had never had any responsibility. Yeah, either. right. Like, that was the most disgusting bathroom I've ever seen. And Kenny Clark and Will, I love you so much. Andy, also like everybody that lives there and has lived there, you're all great boys. But please clean your bathroom. Just they clean won't. it. They'll never Please do it. Please clean it. It's so bad. But like those are people who I look at like really But, but isn't that kind of an advantage that. as a comedian where it's like I've got I'm single, no children, I've got no responsibility, it's just me. I could go to New York, get really good at stand up, pay I remember Lisa Traeger when she was living in Chicago literally lived in a pantry. Yeah. She was she was paying rent to live in a pantry. And and look how great she is. Like so, sometimes I look back on like, damn, if I could have just done a year like that, I could have just hustled my ass off because I I would have just been me. But then knowing me, like I probably you know I've already gotten drunk all the time, which I was getting drunk all the time, even with her in a relationship, so it didn't really matter. But uh, I I really think like, man, how cool would that be to just. See, it's weird. The average person hears this going, I don't think it's cool to live in a fucking closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know, as comedians, we're like, like oh, man, you're saving so much money. Because as comedians, we're out all the time. You're not home much. And in New York, you're definitely not home much. So who gives a fuck where you live? And everyone kind of just knows that about New York. 
where you know it's my not gonna my bedroom was detached from my bathroom and kitchen so i had to either use my key to go out through the shared hallway staircase to get back into my apartment or i had to go through my roommate's bedroom so shotgun style i can't even that's a weird layout to even imagine it's a long railroad apartment i see so the whole apartment is like long and i like the burps you're doing right now little guys off to the side uh that's feminism i guess right uh i could just let them rip but like my bedroom was on the on the window would it be feminist to let the burps rip Probably. It'd be more feminist, right? I think. Sometimes Let's I say see, stuff and I'm I like, do, am I, do I really even know what feminism is? Yeah, no, I don't either. Look, no, feminism is just politically, economically, socially, you want equality, right? Just those three that's things. It. So all you, you want know, is equality I, for that I, shit. That's why I get so frustrated about it. because We like could keep talking say. about your shitty apartment in New York, but now that I think about it, I wanted oh. to mention this because it goes yeah. back to what we were talking about earlier. And then we'll uh, we'll wrap up, it up pretty soon. Bring up these things. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Well, I'll talk about dating an entertainer, which we already got to really, because I was going to say if he had sucked at music... So because you met him before you saw him perform, I you did. saw him perform you know and you liked him. But if you saw him, he was weeks. But if you saw him, he was bad. That would have ruined everything, right? Well, so it, it was a point of contention for a couple of weeks because he had seen me before I introduced myself to him. Oh, so he already knew your comedy. He knew that I was funny. See, all right, there you go. Yeah, and he was like, so I gave him my phone number, and I like kind of like ran off trying to be cute, and he was like, I'm excited about this. I was like, me too. And then it like took weeks and weeks for me to see him play. And I don't think I could really like, I wasn't able to like give myself over to that relationship because I was like, man, if you can't sing, this is fucked. Yeah. Cause that'd be a turnoff because it's important to be good at what you do I was a vocal in that world. Minor. So you could sing. Yeah. I, I can't sing a lick. I wish I could sing. Could you teach me how to sing? Probably. I think that's bullshit. Really? I always thought singing was one of those things you either could do it or you can't. But I learned it from a I learned it from age seven. See, at thirty three, I don't think I could it's like trying to get abs in your forties. Well, I'm not gonna I be able to sing at this point. I don't think I could teach how to sing. I think that singing is like a lot about being vulnerable and I think that it, it would be harder to get you to be vulnerable than it would be able to teach you to sing. Is it really vulnerable? Like you're, you're saying like the best yeah. singers are just vulnerable? Yeah. I don't know. There's some tough guy singers like Elvis Presley was vulnerable. I don't know how good a singer Elvis was. I think he was a cool singer. You know what's about some rock and roll singers is they don't have the, some of them don't have the best voice, but the voice is cool. I was talking about that yeah, on this podcast before with that. Liam Gallagher of Oasis. You might not say, oh, this is the best voice, but it's fucking cool. His voice sounds cool, you know? He might be the only English singer where you're like, oh, this guy's from England when you hear him sing. Most English singers, also, you're like, like I can't tell this guy's from maybe England. Maybe today is going to be the day that I'm going to give it all back to you. There's like vulnerability in those lyrics. Yeah. His brother wrote them, though. That was the Doesn't dynamic matter. of that. He wrote a couple good tunes, his too. His brother wrote them because he didn't have the ability. The chops for it, yeah. But then his brother be became a good singer, too. To do it. And so, yeah. like, I mean, vul- I, like, I'm just like on this. No, the vulnerability like, tick, uh, kick that you're on is a good kick to be on right now, I feel it like. It is because I just feel like it's such it's so underrated. There is a quote in the Oasis, there's an Oasis documentary that came out like two years ago, and he says... Do you uh, like love Oasis? I'm a big Oasis fan, but I only became a big Oasis fan over the last couple of years. And this documentary, the like, documentary really reignited it. Down. Yeah. I always liked Oasis. They had that one big album that everyone in America knew. They had several big albums. Wonderwall. The one it was called Morning Glory was the name of the album. But they oh had the, yeah, yeah. But Wonderwall Wall, was on. Champagne Supernova. Champagne, yeah. Don't look back in anger. And and the song Champagne Morning Glory. Supernova. And um, 
What was the other one? Some Might Say, which is a cool tune that was on. They had like five singles on that one album. I mean, which how do you pull that off? But yeah. Yeah, but and then but the album before that was even better, but that was really only big in the UK. It didn't really pop over here because I guess their first so in the documentary text about their first performance in the United States, they thought they were taking one drug, but it turns out they're taking meth. And they didn't know they were taking meth. So they were all fucked up, including the roadie who puts the set list down. And at one point they were all playing a different song. And this That's was at this hilarious. was at um, Whiskey a Go Go or, or Rainbow or some big uh, place in um, something LA. crazy, yeah. Yeah, one of the big places on Sunset there by like the Viper Room, and there's Whiskey a Go Go, and then there's the other one. I think it was I think it was Whiskey. People were like, "That was weird." People were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, they showed the intro they got. The intro from the guy at Whiskey a Go Go was like, "This is the best band in the UK, and in my opinion, the best band in the world." And you're gonna find out why. Like this guy, the guy was a big fan of theirs because he'd heard the oh, whole album. Also, was like, this fuck band's amazing. your intro. If it's you just, build me up so hard, I can't follow your intro. Fuck you. Well, Liam ends up throwing a tambourine at Noel at one point during the <laughs> fucking show because it was just so bad. And then you he know was, their names. and then he got mad because yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Well, their their relationship is pretty notorious. I know people who aren't even really Oasis fans. They go, Oasis, that's the band where the brothers were always fighting each other and all that shit. I'm like, yep, yep, Liam and Noel, um, both from Manchester, England, but their parents are from Ireland and they're just kind of like nutbags like that. You know, I'm, I'm into that kind of shit. I don't know. I gravitate towards. European loose cannons culture yeah, yeah or people from ireland well, and the uk cannons, that explains why we, you and i get along i don't you don't have a bad temper though do you I haven't seen it have you i have not <laughs> no i get emotional i i'm like it's more like emotional warfare okay you seem like all right, were you one of those girls in grade school that just knew how to break down another girl and make her cry oh absolutely uh, that's a decent skill actually <laughs> i mean i i've only been in one fist fight Really, I've been in too many. Yeah. I never started them, though. I was always the guy that was like... You started the one with Steve Crawford. Or, I mean, Steve Crawford. Oh, the one in D.C. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. That doesn't count. I was too drunk. I was drunk, so I have no recollection. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't count. (laughs) It doesn't count. If you don't remember it, it did not happen. If a tree falls in the woods, blah, 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 blah. Come on now. You know? Yeah. It didn't happen. That's how I'm viewing it. With the fighting, um, all right. I got I got topics? a few questions. Right. Yeah, you know what? Lay them down. Don't keep looking over though, because I'm I want it to I'm be spontaneous. These are just a couple notes. The top notes. Four things. By the way, the top notes pad. were notes for myself to do today. Um, number one was to follow up with uh, Skyline Comedy <laughs> Club. Follow up with uh, Mary Santora about uh, doing some shows in Cleveland. Did you do that? Follow up. Yeah, I did all these. I got checklists here. Um, you didn't cross them off. I, I put a check next to him. Actually, the middle one oh, I didn't do. The middle cute. one was thinking like, ways to I grow like the to podcast. Drag, I didn't check that one. I like to drag my pen through it in a thick line. That's one too. Sometimes I do it that way, but I feel like a, a check, check mark check feels is good. Cute like, though. Check. I did that one. Yeah, that feels check. like that. That feels validating. It does feel pretty cool, right? Right. So I normally do the I do these three question things that have been popping off recently with okay, uh, past guests. You get to you can answer all three if you want. You don't have to. Abby did that because Abby was in the in the zone that day on the podcast. Or you could pick one. Number one question. This is one I've asked everybody. How did you lose your virginity? Not, you know, wait, I'm going to go through them and then you tell me which one mm-hmm. you want to answer. Or you could just, if you could rapid fire do all three of them, that's one for everyone too. Number two, if there was anyone you could punch in the face, who and why? It could be famous person, non-famous person, living or dead, your choice. And number three, you're dying tomorrow. What's your last meal? Oh hell yeah! So I like you, all these. They're all cool, right? I lost my virginity to my to the first boy. I said I love you too. 
How'd that go down in how old? We got to give an age. Sorry. You were 18. 18? Cool. Yeah. I promised God I wouldn't lose my virginity until I was 18. Oh, look, a little Christian girl here. How nice. I was. And then I found out that it was a scam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I backed out pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, we were, we'd been dating for like four months and college or high school, high school. And it was like this, it was like right before I went to college and it was on the floor of my bedroom which was why don't you use the bed it's right I there really, i don't really know it, it was like we were wrapped up in the moment joe <laughs> so no condom then uh no because in my there head like in so the much, moment you're not stopping to put a condom no, on. there was a condom but it was also just like so bad you know well yeah typically it, yeah, is. it was not i mean it, i just remember kind of i just remember kind of being like has anyone have you ever heard a story of someone no, killing it their like, first time though just like oh the fucking build up for this like what are we doing i want to hear for this guy any listeners i want to know they'd be lying though I want to meet someone where they could tell me. That it they came to be from, really hard. It have to be from a woman time. though, because that guys are all full of shit. I want to meet a woman who said, "Yeah, the first guy I had sex with, amazing." It was, but more, the thing is though, he would have to be a virgin too. They both, they both had to be virgins. We both were. Yeah. And so, like, it was like oh, it's very painful. It, there was for like the woman. there was like more painful. Even if the like, guy's not rocking a big dong, it's painful for the woman. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, this is why are we doing this?" <laughs> and then after like you know a couple of weeks, I was like, "Oh, we should do this." all the time every day <laughs> there you go like what are we doing nice. like can you come visit me at isu every weekend um while you finish your associates at cod uh, college of dupage goddamn right uh and the second question well i still don't know why you're on the floor who would you punch and why oh, living dad trump i would just i would just beat you him really that it's too yeah, obvious no it's not too obvious i just oh that's fine honestly it's so or, or maybe Melania. Like, I, I would just love to beat the I think shit. It's Melania, out. by the way. I don't Doesn't care. Matter. I don't yeah. follow. Well, here's the thing. I don't follow politics for this reason. When uh, my dad passed right before the election, was your dad always bitter because he couldn't be president because he wasn't well, born here? No, but I do think that like his stress over the election was like part of his heart attack. Uh, I'm sorry, that sucks. Yeah, but like it. It's just, I know that it's obvious, and I know that it's easy, but, like, the things that he is doing to totally derail the progress that we've made as women, as people of color. See, you're a good feminist. Like, what, are you, what are you on about but before? Like, but, like, also just, you like, care? what he's doing to, to, to gay people, to queer people, to, like, transgender people, to, like, what he's doing right now to families at the border, somebody please beat the shit out of that fucking dude. Yeah, the thing with the border nobody, really... Um, if nobody else is going to beat the shit out of him for taking kids away, and then that fucking cunt gets on a plane in a jacket that says, I don't care... Yeah, how dumb was that? Oh, it had Can nothing I to do with that. Like, both. did you not? Did no Can one I look at the back of her jacket please? and think, "Oh shit, this is a bad move Who's, right here"? So I it's want pretty you shit know what? PR. Okay, I actually take it back. I want to beat the fuck out of her PR person. That's too easy. Well, whoever you, it's your but choice. You'd be able to fuck both. hit. You could and hit like, a lot. My, you have one of those punches that just connects with three honestly, people, put their heads together. You know, I'm not a hyper political person. I don't talk about it a lot because I don't follow. I, there's no way that I could follow it enough to be educated enough to have an opinion that I feel like I can stand on. 
I hear you. Because it's such a circus. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is very difficult to keep up with. Um, but with I, the, would I, love, I will. I, I would love I, to break my hands on his face. I get that. Well, I want to bring up the border thing real quickly because there's so much getting lost right now. What's embarrassing um, as Americans is, and it's not. It's every every <sighs> every. There's a. It's become a, a tactic with people where. So say Trump's doing something that's shitty, but it was something that previous administration started. And everyone's like, well, you didn't bitch about it back then. Well, there's a reason with this one, and I'll get into that in a second. But also, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Two, two wrongs don't make a right. Should people have been mad about it if it was happening back then? Yes, they should have. But it's happening now, and it's bad, and we, we should fix it. I don't care. It's, it's always this, well, what about the gay before? Do they? We're, all, yeah. we're all reading and communicating at like a third-grade level, and that's embarrassing no matter who, what side of the aisle you're on, right? Republican, Democrat, that's just pure embarrassment and with this thing with the border was yes it was a policy put under bush actually the zero tolerance thing they called Mm -hmm. it now no one actually enforced the separation of family children from families no one actually did that part the trump administration is the first one to actually enforce this separation now people will say if you get arrested in chicago and you have kids they'll separate you yes of course but when you get arrested in your home city town whatever typically your kids could go to a friend's house or an aunt's house or whatever, and they're in an environment they're familiar with. Now, these immigrant children are being taken from their home, and then, they're, and then when they get to a place that they think they're getting into and they're not, their parents are ripped away from them. They're crying because it's like, I don't know any of you people. I don't know Dude. the language, and now you're taking my mommy and daddy and putting them in jail, and now I'm going to go live in this cage. What the fuck? So that's what's where it's super, like, what happened to us as a country where we're doing shit like that? What's fucked up is that that same woman who she's a shame researcher that i'm reading like her books right now uh and essentially they would definitely fall into the category of self-help however she talks about don't say self-help like it's a negative thing by the way no i don't okay cause I, I, I felt need that it. I, no, I, felt I need the, it i love that i heard a tinge though I in that love, the same way you well, were guilty about like, like in shit, um people shit on self-help books but like well fuck them i love them because they keep me in a positive mind space yeah sure like, I need to be in a good headspace. No, yeah. I've been watching are... some videos lately that are like pump-up videos. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Everybody like should Like The be. Rock. You guys ever watch How, The Rock give a speech? Watch, just follow The Rock on Instagram and yeah. you'll feel like a better person. Totally. Will Smith, too. Oh, yeah. yeah I, love, I don't know why I mean, people dump on this stuff. It's like... It's crazy. I love Super Soul Sunday. I love Oprah. Like, yeah, she loves snacks. Bitch, me too. Yeah. That's why I relate to you. Get a cinnamon roll. Benet Brown. Oh, my God. But, like, Benet Brown's husband is, uh, like, I don't know what his actual title is, but he works with children, and he's freaking out. This was, like, on her Instagram, and he's freaking out about these kids being separated because he is, like, I think he's, like, a child pediatrician. Oh, wow. So he understands, like, why so he children has a deep cry, compassion and he understands, children, yeah. like, the, the type of cry that children are releasing from their body, and that's, like... She's like, oh, we'll be on a plane, and he'll be like, oh, that kid's hungry. Ah. We'll be in the mall, and he'll be like, that kid's really tired. And he couldn't sleep for like four nights, and it was stressing their marriage because like he couldn't help out during the day, and it was like like a whole thing. And he's like, those kids are terrified. It's trauma. Those kids are <sighs> screaming out of trauma. Yeah, I mentioned this a few times on the podcast, and um, you know, so I don't want to go into it, but. Being a dad now, it does change so much. Everything. Uh, it changes everything the way you view things. Everything. Um, 
yeah, you get emotional at things, you know, you get emotional before. I can't watch the scene in Lion King when Mufasa dies. Because I think I'm Mufasa, so I don't want to die and leave oh. my, my little Simba behind. If anyone you know? comes so, like, near my fucking niece or nephew, I'll oh, yeah. cut their fucking Yeah, I, I'm, I've already been in that mode yeah. my whole life anyway. But it's this other side of me that I'm discovering that it's like, holy shit. And, and seeing kids, you know, kids crying, I want my mommy and daddy. Like, you don't realize these child, kids, like, like, when I pick up my son from a nap, like, put him down for a nap and I go in there going, because, you know, he's up now. And as soon as I carry him out of the crib, he gives me this squeezy hug. Where he like really squeezes in and puts his head on my shoulder and, and he's doing a thing now where you'll be like kiss and then he gives you a kiss and it's like it fucking that's the best drug in the world. That is the best drug in the world. And so it definitely it makes you look at things completely differently. You have more of a compassion for things, and if you don't, then you need to see some help because you got something wrong inside of your fucking world where and that's it doesn't mess Joe. with you. Yeah, no, it's it it's <laughs> I, I mentioned the Lion King thing. I was, I always like. Sometimes I hold my son and like like to be funny. Where I, I say to him, I go, uh, well, that. But you know, that's a lot of people do that. I'll say to him, I go, listen, son. Inevitably, I'm going to get killed by a stampede of wildebeest. And when this happens, here's what you need to do. Like you know, I always try to prepare him for stuff. Like I say, I say all sorts of stuff. When he was a really little baby, I said, listen, one day I'm going to be murdered. You need to avenge me, okay? Uh, become Batman. You know, like, you know, just, like, my wife was like, "Would you stop you saying that, that shit? Would you knock that off?" All right. Um, oh, you you had a question. good you had a good punch one. Here's the third question to wrap up the podcast. Last meal. You're dying tomorrow, oh, which hopefully you're not. That'd be really bad. Oh, I'd even mention this. The reason you were going to be on the podcast last week, but you got car accident on the way there. That I just that's I'll just that was the line, and you're good. Oh, yeah. Thank Sorry, God. Joe. Awesome. I had to drink alone with you all last week. I was in my dead dad's minivan, and it got, I and got rear-ended by a guy going 25 with, uh, miles an hour. Our boy, Shwani, who we're going to say goodbye to tomorrow. Oh, um, I know. I was, like, on the side of the road saying goodbye to my dead dad's minivan, and then I found out about our friend Shwan. a bummer. It, so now I got you in the dead mood. What, what are you eating? Yeah. Do what you know, would I eat for me, Shwan, and my dad? Yeah. Do you know what your dad ate? God, that's, a t- that's a fucking morbid question I just no, asked you. it was you. the day before Thanksgiving. So he had a good meal, then. The day before. Oh, the day before. Oh no, damn. Yeah. What a shit show! You're saving yeah, yourself exactly. for the next day. Exactly. He probably had like some toast. Well, there was a there was a Seven Eleven Italian sub wrapper in his garbage can when I cleaned it out. So I hope it wasn't that because that's a not. fucking letdown. Yeah, that'd be brutal. Ooh, Could I've had imagine? that sandwich. Um, I used to work by a Seven Eleven. It's not. How a good many one. courses do I get? Because you get your you get three. I'm not giving you five. You get <sighs> you get a, a salad or soup, entree, and then dessert. Oh my god, you're so white trash um that you think that salad soup or an appetizer you get dessert. wings you could have what you could have an appetizer not train dessert oh if i can have an appetizer there you go come on it would be for sure well there'd be some sort of like feta cheese and olive and wing situation would be an appetizer because i get to have two because it's my i'm dying so i get whatever i want so it'd be like feta and olives and then only flat wings. Okay. What kind? Buffalo. Fuck your drumsticks. All right, that's fair. Yeah, like spicy, <coughs> like spicy with blue cheese. Okay. Crazy. There you go. And then the main would for sure be a whole thin crust square cut pizza from that place. Hell yeah! There it you would go. Totally be <laughs> from Side Street Saloon. And then uh, probably sweet potato casserole and mac and cheese. That's your dessert? 
No, those would be also sides. Oh, sides. Okay, sides, sides is fair. Of my pizza. It's weird because with pizza, you don't really think about sides. You no one's like, I'm going like, to have a slice and some like, mashed potatoes. That's weird. So I'm having All right, yeah, no. Hey, you earned it. It's your life. Mac and cheese. And then for dessert, there would be two slices of things. And one would be Junior's Cheesecake from New York in Brooklyn, like down on Fulton Market, where there's like fresh strawberries on top. There's a Fulton like Market the, in Brooklyn, too? I know. Wow, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So it's like, it was just called Fulton Street, but they call the whole thing the Fulton Market. So it would be Fulton Street Junior's Cheesecake with just fresh strawberries, none of that weird coagulated like shit they put on it. Yeah, I got you. And then also a piece of strawberry rhubarb pie. All right, you know what? I can't. I was thinking maybe I could argue with you, but I can't. You have a, that's a solid, it's a solid lineup there. Like I would have to throw up at some point. No, it's your last meal. You don't want to do that. But I feel like it would be great. Man, what did I have? I had wings. Well, as long as I know you, I'm going to make sure you get that. And olives and feta, but I had pizza and sweet potatoes. That's a weird combo, but you're getting you're hitting all the taste buds. <laughs> it's you're hitting all the major food groups too. You got meat, you got dairy, you got fruit because the strawberries at the end. You threw some strawberries at the end for some fruit. You yeah, got there's the, you, got, you got a little bit of a veggie. brought in a vegetable. I think you got a grain in there. Yeah, all right, you're good. What are you drinking? What's your last drink? Ooh, King shit. Cobra 40 ouncer. I'm coursing it out. Yeah, there would be like red wine. There would also a good be, red wine, top top stuff, yeah, like, like the most expensive wine. one you There'd can find. There'd also probably be just like high life and gin. I like that. High Life Gal, next time I'll get High Life for you. Although King Cobra, King I wonder Cobra if we could like hit them up. I could probably get a legit sponsorship, get a sponsorship from them. For sure. them. They're not anybody. getting a lot of offers. No, I'm not hearing much from them. All right. Chelsea, Hood, thank you so much. Podcast. Thank I'm you so, so much for, by the way, we've gone way longer than this before. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I had a great time kind of talking to you. Um, you've actually made me think about going to therapy. Yeah, but you no, know, this was a positive <laughs> podcast in the sense where. I could see, I feel like you're very happy right now. It's, it's, you're radiating happiness. I'm, I'm coming into a really happy time. Yes, you are, and that's great. And so it's, it's been, it was, you inspired me, you pumped me up a little bit there. Where could uh, people find you? Oh, man, uh, you know, well, Instagram, service industry show at the Laugh Factory the last Monday of every month for sure. But mostly Instagram is at Chelsehood. Because, oh man, you gave me shit about that earlier. You I'll tag like, you on oh, Instagram so people can find it. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Are you Chelsea Hood on those or Chelsea Hood too? No, Chelsea Hood. And then my website is ChelseaHoodComedy.com. I'm not giving you shit. I'm just shit. saying I got lucky that yeah, there's another Joe Daddy, Kilgallen hey, who's doing professional you, golf stuff. Go Daddy, you yeah. fuckers. They took my website and they tried to charge me $800 to buy it back. Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, I lost ChelseaHood.com. All right. Well, you guys know where to find me. And please, uh, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that did. good stuff. We're Brown Paper and Bag uh, 40s. Write right. a review, and I'll I read your name good. on the podcast. Thanks, everyone. You did very good. Uh, that was a nice little reveal at the end. You, you, you got most of <laughs> that 40 down. All right. Thanks again, everyone. This has been Kilgallen's Pub. Cheers. <laughs>